From the LiveX studios in New York City, Cheesehead TV brings you two guys who like to think they know something about football. Live, I am Aaron Nagler, and joining me, as always, is Mr. Corey Banke, my partner here at Cheesehead TV, and we are coming to you live. I'm in the New York City studios in Midtown Manhattan. Corey joins us from Green Bay, Wisconsin, across the street from Lambeau Field, and we are ready to talk some Packers. What do we have on tap today, Corey? Today, we'll bask in the glow of the Packers' first win of the 2021 season Woo! and get ready for a tough road game in San Francisco. But right now, it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. We got the good. We got Aaron motherfucking Jones, baby. We got the bad. We got Kevin. What the king? We got the ugly. We got Negative Packers fans. Did you know the Packers won that game on Monday night, Corey? You'd never know it looking at certain parts of the internet. Mm -hmm. How are you today? I don't look on those parts of the internet. I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing wise, well. Wise uh, loving the Packers win. It's what we needed. It's what we needed injected into our veins. We're now ready for the season to begin. We're 1-1. One one. Uh, I mean, they're 1-0. Oh. They're 1-0. Oh. Oh. That fourth preseason game, long in the, yeah. the rearview mirror. You know, Carolina, ready to go. Carolina beating the Saints just didn't really leave a good taste in my mouth i'll be honest with you but you know i, I feel you, you got to go to that whole like the first four games of the season are just like a big soup of like it, when you look back on the season those first four games there's all these right. anomalies in there right because all the teams Always. are getting their identity and uh and you know something aaron Rodgers said in his uh show which we're going to talk about later but something that's sticking with me right now is every year uh, at the beginning of the season. This is why I love training camp so much, and it goes back to my whole pre-camp thing, right? You're almost right. You're, you're creating this new plant, this new beautiful species, right? This team. Oh, Lord, is this... And you have are, to we going, learn, are we venturing into gardening TikTok you have right to now? Learn, you have to learn how to win. You have to... What Aaron Rodgers said, he said, you have to relearn how to win. So we were watching them Monday night relearning how to win, and I, I liked what I saw. I'm going to be honest with you. I did, too. I yeah, I mean, they... They 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 did some nice Here things. Finally committed to the run a little bit, so I'm I'm down for it. I'm down with it. But right now, you know, it's time. We, it's how we we got to start with the Packers news. All all about the Packers news at the top of the show. Uh, and look, the Packers have released Jay Sternberger. I haven't seen anything yet as we are going live right now about whether he was picked up on waivers or not. I would suspect if he was going to be, we would have seen something. But as of right now. Uh, Packers have not brought him back to the practice squad, though that is a possibility. But Jay Sternberger, adieu. We hardly knew ye. It is disappointing in the sense that he was a third-round pick. It is. Could never really stay on the field. Obviously, these first two games uh, due to a suspension. But prior to that, he had COVID. He got hurt. He had a concussion. I mean, he could never really just stay on the field, which is just too bad. But I, it feels like that, that suspension... And uh, the fact that it was kind of, you know, the problem that he had was self-induced. Feels like the Packers had just kind of had enough. But who knows? Maybe they do bring him back on the practice squad. It, it is a possibility. There's no doubt. Um, oh, Corey, this is just for you. I know. I saw it. The, the Packers signed two new players to the practice squad. Sean Davis and R.J. McIntosh, two former draft picks mm. for other teams. Um, hey, and, uh, you know, McIntosh is a former defensive lineman, or is a defensive lineman. So hopefully, maybe... Eventually, help for Kenny Clark. I, you never know. I fell asleep there. What were you talking? Yeah, yeah. Practice squad. Um, I, I know it's not great. I love how we start the show with the most boring things. Hey, let's talk we about exciting get, things. And then Nagler makes, the makes us eat our vegetables. Gotta, gotta be. He's the like, vegetables. hey, I need some cruciferous. I need you to eat these cruciferous bristle sprouts, buddy. Uh, and okay, you want the big, 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 big news of the day? Yes, and I don't like it. I'm not going to like it. Elton Jenkins missing practice due to an ankle injury that he sustained Monday night that no one really saw. Rob Domofsky, Eagle Eyes, pointed out that he was slow to get up after a play. I haven't had a chance to go back and look at it yet, but they will be giving him the week. That's what they like to say, right? We're going to give him the week. Elton Jenkins... I'm not okay, Corey. You're not going to want to hear this, so close your ears. Oh dear, and just don't listen to what I'm about to say. Okay. If Elton Jenkins can't play on Sunday night, they got no shot. There, I said it. 
I said it. I'm sorry. I mean, with Elton Jenkins, they barely have a shot. But without Elton Jenkins, forget it. So, we got all week to find out if Elton Jenkins can play. If not, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go about. Maybe they put Kelly at left tackle. He has some experience there. They moved Billy Turner over to left tackle last year a few times. Maybe they go that route. We'll see. I mean... We'll see. Yeah. Maybe they put uh, in Yash. Maybe it's Yash Nyman's time to shine. Yash Nyman versus Nick Bosa. Bring it. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Perhaps not. This is why, you know, I'm starting to dislike the beginning of the show more and more. Just going to (laughs) be honest with you. Okay, well, here's something that's going to get your blood flowing. Hey. There are four Packers among the 122 Modern Era nominees for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, the four modern ones for the Packers, four former starters. Okay, Leroy Butler Leroy for Butler, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. Nick Collins, yep. Donald Driver, Aye-ya. and Ryan Longwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Ryan Longwell. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's like the highest scoring whatever. Yeah, okay. F- former Viking, Ryan Longwell. <sighs> um, okay, I've, I'm not going to belabor this Leroy Butler point because we have made it a Leroy million Butler's, times here on this he program. He should just get in. That's, that's, yeah, he should have been in years ago. Right? Yeah. He should have been in years John Lynch. ago. He should have been in before yeah. Just, John Lynch. Yep. He should have yep. been in before Atwater. Yep. He probably should have been in before Dawkins. Yep. But at least the fact that the NFL, the the selection committee, is finally paying attention to the safety position. I suspect he gets in this year, but hell, they could screw it up. Yeah, they you will. You know, I, that wouldn't... They, t- they It took them a damn fucking hundred years to put uh, Kramer in. Kramer in, yeah, so, Jerry Kramer. But for, for those of you playing along at home, let's just, let's just spell this out real quick. Butler is a four-time All-Pro. That's four times. First-team All-Pro. No, did Atwater do that? No. No, he didn't. Of course not. Uh, the league started uh, compiling sacks in 1982, like tabulating sacks as a statistic in 1982, yep. right? In, those in the 39 years since, only four players have at least 35 interceptions and 20 sacks. Charles Woodson, Brian Dawkins, Rondé Barber, and oh, that's right, Leroy Butler. And he is the only offensive or defensive player selected to the 1990s All-Decade team who is not yet in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Oh, and by the way, he invented the Lambo fucking leap. On top of all this, think about this. Of the six teams that dominated the 90s, and if you think about it, it's Buffalo, Dallas, Denver, Green Bay, and Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Only the Packers have fewer than three players in the Hall of Fame mm. out of all those teams that dominated the 90s. Mm. The Packers clearly being dinged because they have so many of the Lombardi-era Packers in the Hall already that the selection committee goes, oh, you know, there's so many Packers already in there. You know what? That shouldn't be yeah, to Leroy Butler's detriment. Yeah, what does that matter? I mean, Mike Shanahan legit drew up the game plan in the fucking Super Bowl to take care of Leroy Butler. Not Reggie White. Yeah. Leroy Butler. Maybe he should have done Reggie White, though. Just saying. Bum, bum, I'm just bum. saying. It's just... He wouldn't have won, so it wouldn't have mattered. It's maddening. It's just maddening. It's just maddening. Oh, he did win. You said so that's, I'm, I say my piece every time <laughs> this like comes you. up. I've had to say it again. <sighs> All right, I'm done. All right. You want to talk some football? We want to talk some offense? Yeah, I'm ready. I, I, right. I think we should get rid of the news section from the outline, but it's just me. Do, 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 do. Offense. That's how, how we operate. The offense. Right, why don't you drive the bus, Corey? The offense. You, you John Runyon. So Nagler feels like John Runyon. Nagler watched tape around here. Although I did. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I know you're not going. What? I know you're not going to believe this. Is this breaking news? But I did watch some Kenny Clark tape because I, I needed some Kenny Clark. Uh, I needed to see. <laughs> I needed to see what I can't see during the game. And of all the people, right. it's hard to see. It's it's that defensive lineman, especially and, especially people, interior, yeah. and it's just hard to right. see what's going on. So I did watch a little bit of that. But but John Runyon, John Runyon held up well. Um, and you know what? Maybe we should move him to left tackle. No chance. Okay. No no no, sir. No no no. No 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 no. But he did hold up well at guard, and I am very interested to see what they do as far as do they bring Lucas Patrick back? Do they keep Runyon there? Mm-hmm. Um, do they put Patrick back at right guard and put Royce Newman down? I mean, not put him down, but, you know, sit him on the bench. Um, I don't know. I'm fascinated to see how they handle this. Now, of course, the Elton Jenkins situation throws everything kind of in, into a kind of loop, yeah. array, what have you. But I do think Runyon played – Pretty damn well 
and I think they've got some interesting kind of discussions slash, you know, choices to make there along the interior, especially against a really good front uh, of the 49ers, although the 49ers are pretty banged up along the interior of their defensive line. So um, that'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about the on the offensive side of the ball, hey, they win when they run. Mm-hmm. Remember what we talked about last week? Remember when we said, you know, it used to be why run when you can win. Now it's you win when they run. The Lions dared them to run. Tons of too and high. They did. And, uh, and they ran the ball. Yeah, it was interesting to see. Uh, you saw the I formation come out, and that was very exciting. I, I've never been more you excited. You got so excited about the I formation. I love the, the I formation. Party. I think the I formation <laughs> I is a so great formation. School. It's just. You know, it's just like, hey, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to conceal anything, or maybe am I? You know, uh, I thought it was <laughs> well, interesting. Was uh, there was a couple times they had Daphne like split out from the fullback position, yeah, out of the eye. Yeah, that was fun. Aaron Rodgers discussing being challenged to run on Pat McAfee show. I bring him up again. Uh, that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. What was interesting to me is, you know, I, I come back to this whole self scout issue, right? I feel mm-hmm. like probably the biggest self scout that he did was. Hey, why are you trying to fight this? Right? Like, I wonder yes. if he looked at himself in the first game and said, Why are you trying to fight what they're challenging you to do? Just do what they're challenging you to do. Don't try to overcome yeah. it on your own. Right. And yep. I, I just, I wish Pat would have followed up with that on the thing of like, you know, how much of that weren't like he had, he, he gave this great answer, but about like, you know, when the defense challenges you to run and what he did. And, you know, Pat even asked the way he asked it, he asked it like, uh, you know, is do something to your ego when like you have to hand it off to a guy like Aaron Jones and you know Aaron Jones is going to have a great day, right? And so right. I wish he would have followed up with like what was different about week one for him, right? Because um, that would have been well, a fascinating is- kind of take on like whether he would have thrown coach under the bus or himself more, right? Well, it's funny you say that because I was legit uh, going to be part of the thing I was going to ask Aaron today, but... Uh, I didn't take any questions from Zoom because they had a scheduling conflict and he had to go right at the end of the press conference. Mm. And everybody in the press room kept asking questions that have been asked a hundred times already. So uh, thanks for that. That's I'm what they do in the I press room. Get a chance to ask the question. But hopefully it'll still be relevant uh, next week and maybe I'll get a chance to ask it. Because I agree with you, Corey. It is, I thought his answer was fascinating. And I'm with you. I wanted to keep going, kind of keep mining that vein. Because I do think it is funny because remember last year, when our outro for transplants was him answering my question about RPOs. And he said something akin to, um, I don't like throw it instead of hand it off out of spite. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like saying, oh, it's not out of spite. Mm-hmm. I didn't say spite. But it is kind of interesting that, that he said that unprompted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like this is some made up thing kind of out of the ether. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he's aware of it. Like, it sure seems like. It's at least on his mind a little bit. And I'm with you. I would love for him to talk just a little bit more about that because it is kind of fascinating, especially in the sense of, okay, all week we read pieces. We heard people on NFL Network, everybody talking about, oh, the too high. Here's the blueprint, yep. right? Yeah. Doug Farrar with USA Today wrote this whole thing about like, oh, this, this could be a problem. It's like, no, it's not a problem. It's literally what's been a, like an issue uh, for the Packers offense with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback since Mike McCarthy was still in town. You know, it's like if you play that too high and they don't run the ball, you're playing into the defense's mm-hmm, hands. Mm-hmm. It's, that, it's that easy. Um, and finally, on the offensive side, speaking of Aaron Rodgers and speaking of throwing the football, Corey, have you seen the movie John Wick? Yeah. 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 I, saw the fir- I saw the first one. I don't think I saw. Yeah, I saw the first one and the second one. I'm thinking like the fifth one now. Uh, I believe well they they've done three and I believe a fourth is coming. Got it. But um, yeah, you know, famously in John Wick, there's that moment where he says, "Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back." Yeah, that throw to Bobby Tunyon oh, in the end goodness. zone. Oh my goodness! Why why can't that we start? A, why can't we start with this in the show, Nagler? That's the best thing about the a, game. Oh my god! That was so a John great. Wick throw. It really was. That was the John Wick throw. That is the I'm thinking I'm back throw. Let's take a look I at like it, it, shall we? Well, let's watch it because this is just stupid. How amazing this throw is! This is Aaron Rodgers. Just look at this. Come on! And Aaron said on several occasions, if I can see the guy's numbers turned around, if I can see the back of his helmet, my guy is open. And I know. 
Everyone's talking about Alan Lazard being open. And you know what? I don't care. I don't care. This is John Wick. I'm back. It's ridiculous. Thinking I'm back. I like that it. That is such a ridiculous throw. I had to. My I had. To, I had to. I, I had to bring the shade down. The sun's sun's beating in on me. I think I'm going to get sunburn mm. on my neck for you guys. So I hope <laughs> I hope you appreciate it. We we always uh, appreciate uh, it. Corey. Oh you're, no, you're playing, my mullet. Playing hurt. My mullet is protecting it. It's okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Famously tweeted out during Rosh Party. Okay, you finally admitted it was a mullet. Okay, no. Okay, here's the thing that happened. For those of you that watch Watch Party, I literally stupidly showed Tyler Herrick, our social media manager, that my Twitter account was open on my browser because the way I watch this show, you watch it back on a browser. I can see Nagler in New York right. and everything. So I don't know how I got this dumb, but it didn't happen by accident. It's, it's really hilarious. So I, I showed Tyler <laughs> Herrick that my Twitter is open. I don't log out of my account. And, you know, the worst thing he does to me is that. So I, I guess, you know, I kind of was Congratulations. like, I guess I deserve you that. Yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So good. So good. It was. Um, oh, let's talk, about, let's talk about the defense. Yeah, let's do it. You, you, want, you, you talk about, like, stuff you want to start with. You don't want to start with this. I know that. Lancaster and Kiki. Mm. Everyone talks about, like, getting you know, manhandled up front and the problem stopping the run and whatever. Tyler Lancaster and Kingsley Kiki. Now, with Lancaster, you know what you're getting there. He's a, he's a worker B. He's never going to be dominant. He's got to play better. There's no doubt. Kingsley Kiki, he's supposed to be ascending. Jerry Montgomery, who I hope is feeling better. I know he has on the COVID protocol. Uh, Matt, coach said he's doing okay. Mm-hmm. Um, man. Kingsley Kiki has been very, very disappointing through these first two games. Uh, those two particularly really need to step the fuck up because right now they are liabilities, especially on early downs. Mm. I mean, you know those plays where you know the opponent does like play action, whether it's last week with you know Winston or this week with Goff, and then they have like. Basically, twenty seconds to throw the ball. Yeah, that, that's a that's a guesstimate. Um, yeah. Maybe an over exaggeration, but a little bit. Maybe it's because like, like a couple seconds. The, they, these two do absolutely nothing. Um, and against the run, they're getting pushed around. They're getting pushed three, four yards downfield every single time. Well, and so what? What? What's the? It's wh- harsh, What's man. the issue? Is that? Is that? Is that like I brought it back to like? Is that a weakness in our scouting protocol? You know, like what is it? It's where we prioritize them out there. They, they gotta they gotta start mixing in Slayton more, and they gotta make Heflin active. The fact that Heflin's been in street clothes these first two games, and I understand like undrafted rookie, you don't want to trust him early, blah blah blah. But I'm telling you what, there is no way on God's green earth that Jack Heflin, the trash can full of dirt himself, is gonna be out there if you do choose to put him up and put him out, you know, and and stick him in there and put him in the fire. There is no way. He doesn't respond somewhat better than everything we've seen on tape from Kiki and Lancaster mm. these first two weeks. Because it has been, and I know a lot of people hate on Dean Lowry, and he hasn't been great, but he hasn't been awful. I know, and people want to like throw him into this mix. He, they, they run lots of stunts with him and Clark, and they, you know, he, is he ever going to be a, a superstar? No, of course not. But he hasn't been nearly as bad as. Kiki and Lancaster. They are problematic at this point. And I am very in- interested to see what happens on Sunday night. Because if they keep rolling with this group along the defensive line, I mean, Kenny Clark was a fucking madman in the second half uh, of this game on Monday night. And he's not going to get talked about. It's not splash plays. Yeah. He's not Aaron Donald. He's never going to be. Like, no one is. But he's never going to be that type of player. But my God, man, if you go back and watch Kenny Clark the second half of that game, he played really, really well. He really did. The problem is, of course, is that like he doesn't get humongous, quick penetration, sacks, whatever, so no one notices. Right. But he's good, but, but, is, but he makes he so makes good. everybody else look better. That's kind of his role, right? Well, especially because, you know, things against the run with Campbell coming up and making plays and you know, safety's coming down and because blockers are occupied and can't fire off, get to the second level because they're dealing with Kenny. In that regard, yeah, absolutely, 100%. But it's just frustrating 
as someone, as you know, who's all offseason, my theme, yep. going into the draft, yep. free agency, what have you, was get Kenny some help. Yeah. And I think Slayton can help. Yeah. Well, you I saw that Heflin in the preseason. Can help. Yeah, you definitely saw but, Slayton had, the, in my opinion, one of the best uh, camps. So, um, so get them some, just get them some playing time. Yeah. Give Kenny some help. But why do you think that is, insane. though? Why do, why do you think that they're not getting it right now? Because they're trying to gel the defense that know, they have, or he doesn't, thing, he's like, not aware you know, of who are who are his top people, his starters, or who they are, and then he's got to like work is, them. What in. is he comfortable with? Well, here's the thing, though. It's like it's not like Barry's there, yes, and he's the coordinator, but it's down to Montgomery. Essentially, who assigns you know is in charge of the rotation, mm-hmm. and I know Jerry wasn't at the game on Monday night, so maybe they just kind of went with what they had already outlined from the week before. Um, you know, a bunch of the defensive assistants were basically tasked with handling his duties, so maybe they just said, "Okay, we're going to keep the same rotation just to keep it simple." But my God, if Jerry's back there on Sunday night, they they need to they need to mix well, it up and you wonder you these two are just not. Not the answer at this point. You know, a little inside baseball, but you wonder, like, how does that work, right? So so you've got the position coach who decides who's going to start, but then certainly there's there's top and bottom adjusting, right? So how long does it take for, you know, Joe Barry to look at it and go, hey, why aren't we starting these guys? Hey, I, why aren't we elevating them? Hey, these these people aren't really delivering what we need. You know, I, I, I'm fascinated by, like, well, who get you know, does the position coach, like, I'm sure they have – talks about it, but well, here's, okay, ultimately there's, yeah, like, there's a hierarchy Absolutely. and a management structure, and there's got to be a lag right. between when they make the decision and when it actually happens, right? Well, it's interesting, too, because yeah, to your point, like Barry undoubtedly is looking at everything, right? That's his job. Yeah. But ultimately, and, and there's conversation about who starts and who's in which package, no doubt about it. Um, but ultimately, more often than not, your coordinator is going to defer to the position coach and go, yep, no, I agree with that. Okay, good. Sounds good. I like your reasoning, what have you. And if he has a strong opinion one way or the other about a certain guy, he may override it and say, no, we're going to go this way, et cetera. But what's interesting is because of the COVID situation, I don't know like mm-hmm. how much Jerry was involved with you know what whatever the game plan was throughout the week. He wasn't even allowed to be in the building. Now, I know there's Zoom and what have you, and Apparently he's feeling fine, so I got to assume he was involved in the conversations, what have you. But holy cow! I know Tyler's been hurt. He 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 was injured through you know through some of camp, and maybe he's dealing with an injury, and that's why they're being a little lenient. But holy cow! If he is hurt, get him off the field, yeah. get him right, and let these other guys play because oh my god, it's just hard to watch. It is hard to. And I've been a Lancaster fan. I've been a defender. I think he like really punched above his weight as far as making the squad in the first place as an undrafted guy. I think you know he was part of the reason they felt comfortable letting Mike Daniels go back in the day. Mm-hmm. But that was a couple years ago, you know. Well, and even Kiki like last Slayton. year, like Kiki had green shoots, what I would call green shoots during the season, where you'd yes. see him make plays, he right? Did. But he didn't have a particularly strong camp from a objective. Nope. I, I don't think you know nope. based on so he did not. And that's the thing: if you don't have a strong camp ascending into the season, you know, like Slayton had a strong camp. Granted, he got more plays, but I wonder if, do you think it's because well, maybe Kiki didn't get the reps because he was considered but, first string? You know what I mean? No, well, that's part of it. It was like he got reps late. Right. But he remember, don't forget, he missed the first part of camp. Right. Because of injury. I totally forgot so he that. He didn't practice yep. for a long time. Yep. So maybe they're thinking, you know, always oh, rounding into shape. But while he's rounding into shape, he's getting his ass handed to him. Four yards down the field, five yeah. yards down the field, in every run play, you can't live like that. You just can't. So, I'm th- like, I'm telling you, Sunday night, if something doesn't change, if they trot out the same group and the same rotation, and Slayton barely plays and Heflin's inactive, uh, then I'm going to be upset because the you've played eight quarters of football now, and these guys are just not the answer. And I understand they're probably waiting on Kiki, and they're thinking. All right, we know he's third year player. You're like this is the year. Yeah, he's got to turn blah, that corner. It's going to happen. Yep. He's got to turn that corner. And you like you say, the green shoots were definitely, definitely evident last year. But while you're waiting for those green shoots to take hold and turn into something, you're getting pushed around. Yeah, yeah. You got you got Japanese you know? beetles coming into your garden, and you're like, hey, <laughs> uh, green shoots ain't going to help me here. Beetles. All right, well, here's the thing, okay? Here's what the Packers defense gives you this year. We've literally talked about one line of three more than we've talked about anything else so far. So anything we need to move on. And I know I'm the person who goes on tangents, so so let's, you know. 
I got it. I got it. Um, Yikes. So last night in the uh, Cheesehead TV happy hour, every week there, we, have a, we have a Patreon member named Carol who nominates someone every week who gets to say what the taboo topic of the week is. Yeah, so what you it, can't it talk is essentially about. essentially the thing that you are not allowed to talk about. And some weeks it's like the Brewers, or some weeks it's Aaron Rodgers' personal life, or what ha- like whatever the per- whoever the nomination, whoever they say, or whatever they say, yep. whatever topic is what they we cannot talk about throughout the entirety of the happy hour. So I was lucky enough to be nominated last night, and I chose Kevin King because oh my god, the Packers won a game against a divisional rival. On national television, and all I talked about yesterday was Kevin King. <laughs> like from the moment I started Packers Daily oh, poor to when Kevin I was on the King. radio to I was doing stuff on my inbox, I was doing it on social media. Like all anybody was talking about was Kevin King, and I understand. Mm. Like you didn't have a great game, you had some moments. Oh man! But holy shit, you would have thought that Kevin King. Cost them the game, he had, and they lost. He had the, he had a really good play at the end that that you don't even realize uh, with the when he had the one handed when the receiver had the one handed grab in the end zone that got pushed right. away. It was yeah, a good yeah. play. Like for the most yeah. part, he played pretty well. Um, All right, slow down. I don't know about pretty Tegler. well. He played okay sometimes. There were other really tough parts. Yeah, but look. Here's the thing. He can still be a useful piece. So, yeah, and that's I what I was going to ask you. Like, do they put him at nickel corner and they start Stokes out? You know, like, is well, he going to... interesting. Yeah, you, you saw some of that, right? You saw some of... You saw both of that. You saw Kevin King and Jair outside and Stokes on the field at the same time. Yep. And you saw Kevin King kicked inside at times, which I thought was interesting. You saw Kevin King matched up on the tight end, which I think is interesting. Mm. And I hope... We uh, see more of that because, you know, use his length. And look, I think there were moments in that game where they were targeting or trying to get Hawkinson on Amos, and I think it was, you know, that was advantage Lions. Yeah. And the Packers a couple times used King on Hawkinson, and he he fared okay. So I think that's a wrinkle that they could utilize going forward a little bit Which, more. Which, you know, the Green Bay Packers defense says there are examples where a cornerback that wasn't really working on the left or right became a pretty good nickel corner. Uh, but Jared okay. Bush. And right? I don't want to... Jared Bush became and I don't, a good nickel corner, and I hate to say that he was good at anything. Okay, easy, uh, easy, okay. Well, easy on the nomenclature. <laughs> good? I don't, I don't know. He did wow. have an interception in the Super Bowl, wow, You thought, can't take that away from him. Uh, oh, that's true. But he did lose us the NFC Championship game, so... Mm-hmm. All right, don't mm-hmm. let's not go down that road. Mm-hmm. I mean, while we're here, but I will say, I don't want it to, anybody to get it twisted. You got to get Stokes on the field. Like yeah. this kid's got to be on the field. Yeah, that was pretty you, okay. The he was the highest rated rookie, wasn't he? He was the highest rated. I saw that somewhere. He was the highest. PFF, I, PFF has him had him as the highest rated uh, rookie corner this past week. Sweet, um, that's nice. I like it. But you can take that with a monster grain of salt. Yeah, it is PFF. However, that's true. But get him on the field. Get him on the field. Got he's got to be on the field. Like I, if it means a lot less Sullivan, which is what it meant on Monday night, I'm here for it. And that's no knock on Sullivan, but Stokes' talent is evident. I want him taking his lumps now. I want him on learning curve now. Like in September, I don't want it in November and December. Yeah, you got to get him on the field. So yeah, taking a lump with that, Eric Stokes yeah. versus taking it with Chandon Sullivan is just a totally different thing. You're, it's just you're getting a hundred percent. You're Absolutely. you're getting like like muscle memory versus like you're allowing Eric Stokes to watch someone fail. Right, <laughs> exactly. Um, and the final bit on the defensive side of the ball, I just wanted to touch on. And I kind of just covered this on social media. Yeah, this I saw your video. Haven't we already done that? Uh, we should have just played that. You know, I guess. no, no. But this halftime conversation that Matt mentioned with Joe Barry about you know we're not getting home with four. It's time to switch it up and and bring some pressure. You would have thought that Joe Barry, like people have this concept <laughs> that like they didn't talk all week about whatever plan they had, and then Joe Barry just went. Okay, I'm going to put the the Madden like controller in coach mode and just let it go. Like he he obviously saw what coach was talking about prior to halftime when he sent a corner blitz. Um, he sent pressure that caused Goff to get the ball out of his hands and put it in the flat, and then they had to kick a field goal prior to half and blah blah blah. And then Matt says, you know, yeah, we talked at halftime and. 
the fact that he said, Mm -hmm. we talked at halftime, and I (laughs) said I wanted this, that's literally the reason that Mike Pettin's no longer in town, and Matt LaFleur got the guy he wanted Mm -hmm. so he could put his imprint on the defense. Yeah. That doesn't mean that Joe Barry didn't know what the fuck was going on. Everyone with eyes and a working you know, brain could see they weren't getting home with four. But all these people who say, well, you got to blitz, you got to blitz, you got to blitz. Great. Okay. You can blitz, yes, and you can do it judiciously, yeah. which is what Barry did. Yep. And he increased a little bit yeah, in the yeah. second half. Not all out blitzing. You know what all out blitzing gets you? Burned. Bob Slowick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bob <Yeah>. Slowick. <laughs> Fans want Bob Slowick. Bend and break. Right? Bend and get broken. <laughs> you know, just... But this idea that, like, oh, it's, like, the reaction, like, literally Matt said it in the press conference, and then, you know, people tweeted out what he said, and then the reactions to the quote on Twitter mm-hmm. were just mind-blowing. Like, people were like, oh, I can't believe it took the head coach, say... <laughs> no, like no, they just had a conversation. Like every single head coach and coordinator have every single NFL game. Well, yeah, it's like every single it's like t- you pick and I, who the greatest yep. coach and coordinator combo is in the league. Every one of them have conversations like that in every single NFL game. Yep. Period. Yep. Oh, you and I had God, that conversation after up. Patreon Happy Hour last night. We <laughs> we, we did had indeed. a halftime we conversation about Patreon Happy Hour. You know. We did indeed. We As did adjustments, things we want to make happen going forward. Yeah. Very, very true. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say about that because it just drove me insane. It's like people just need to step. Like the difference between what is reality as far as, and this happens all the time, like as far as reality versus the internet. Like people can say, like, this happened back when Matt LaFleur first got hired, right? And Aaron Rodgers was like, had the quote to Mike Silver where he said, you know, I don't want to throw away what was it, 14 years of experience like making calls at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I've got lots of knowledge. I want to utilize that. And Matt LaFleur obviously was like, yeah, no, of course. I totally understand. No, I haven't traditionally had audibles in my offense, but I, I, I welcome your input, blah, 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 blah. Yep. But M- L- Rogers' quote got blown up into, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. How can you not possibly want to utilize me with audibles? <laughs> like, no, it's just a conversation. But for whatever reason, people see it written down in pixels on their computer screen, and they lose their fucking mind. And it drives me insane. I feel like after this rant, we we should have just had an old man yelling at a cloud. Because <laughs> that's all I, mean, I hear. I, when you, when you this... rant about the internet, I'm just like... Right. But isn't this show being cut in the cloud? So uh, essentially, I you am are yelling, yelling in, the in the cloud. You're yelling. I am yelling in the cloud. You're yelling in. You're yelling into the cloud, and then I'm hearing the cloud. Hey, I wanted to say. Wait, wait, wait. We should tell people what we're doing here because it is pretty fucking amazing and revolutionary. What? Like the sense that like people because you know, last year and this year are noticeably different as far as the production, and it's because we are uh, doing a completely new workflow. And it is, to me, like, you and I take it for granted because we do this shit every day, but it's pretty fucking insane what's going on it here. Is. Like, I'm in New York, you're in Green Bay, we have people in New York and Green Bay, but the show itself... Is in the cloud. Is in the cloud. Yeah. Legitimately being cut in the cloud and all the graphics and everything. Like, that's amazing. Yep. Come on. That's amazing. It's true. I it's just, true. It's- and I don't think, I think most people don't realize that. Yeah, they probably think we use StreamYard or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what daily's on. But Packer transplants is in the motherfucking cloud. It's pretty. Yeah. So is Watch Party. Watch Party too. Uh, but AJ Dillon carry the G, and that's going to be tomorrow night. Now that we have a little plug tomorrow before night. we talk about the San Francisco 49ers, please join us for that. Uh, that yes. that is um, that is not cut in the cloud. That's our old workflow from last year, but it's pretty awesome too. So it um, is amazing. Yeah. Is so uh, Nagler. Yeah. Let's take a quick look at the 49ers, shall we? Let's do it, shall we? Uh, Fred Warner, major problem. My God, this guy is so good. Watching that Philly game, this kid is everywhere. Mm. And I know Rodgers talked about him last year, mentioned him again today at his presser. He's so good. He's so good. And the fact that they got him in like the third or fourth round or whatever it was even just makes it worse because it's like it pisses you off as a Packers fan because you're like, we can't find a guy like that in the third or fourth round, but he's so good. Oh, it's just, it's. It's disconcerting how good this guy is. We're, and he erases things. Yeah. Like he sideline to sideline, like 
as far as you think you got an angle and you've got this blocked up fine up front, you ready for your running back to go, you know, bust a big one, and then Fred Warner comes in and goes, no, that's a one yard gain. But he's so, and then he can turn and run with anybody out of the backfield, any tight end, probably a lot of wide receivers. He's so good. Like Fred Warner is a major problem. Uh, the next thing I wanted to he's touch on have real to score quick. Score a Nick, lot sounds like he's got to score as much as possible, yes. but he's going to make it hard. Uh, sticking on the 49ers defense, Nick Bosa. I was ready for a Nick Bosa versus Elton Jenkins showdown, but now we got Elton Jenkins possibly not making this game. Nick Bosa is going to be licking his chops for whoever the Packers throw out, whether it is Kelly, whether it's Turner. Oh God, I don't want it to be Turner, but it is. It is not going to be pretty. David Bakhtiari struggles with Bosa. Yeah. Like it's going to be if if Elton can't go, it is not going to be pretty. Well, you got to imagine that gotta, you got to imagine they're going to adjust their game plan and try to chip him. They're going to try to send Jones at him and maybe they go should. Out. They're going to They should. I mean, they're going to have to get problem, help on him. The problem of course is the other guys are no slouches, right? right? It's like Bosa's yeah, a problem, but like him, it's not yeah. like they don't have any other talent. Like definitely needs attention, but man, he can wreck them real quick. Uh if he if Elton's not in, they got to run right at him. You got to run at pass rushers. That is the a number one thing. And I know there are going to be they're going to be you know minimal gains. They're going to be short yep. gains. Maybe maybe some negative gains. Yep. But I would run AJ Dillon right at this cat. I would just pound the rock all day long right at Bosa because that's your like wear him down a little bit. Get him you know on the defensive a little bit rather than allowing him by throwing it continuously to pin his ears back and. Essentially, what's happened the last couple times they've been out in San Francisco, like run the fucking ball, man, run the ball. Um, well, you got to imagine that um, this game should be a test for the offense of whether they are truly committed to the run, because it is one thing to run against the Lions; uh, it's it another is. thing right. if you're committed to run against a defense that is not going to give you a whole heck of a lot from the beginning you're you, you got to stay with yep. it right and we'll yep. see because uh if there's one there's one knock on matt lafleur in the last two years and it's a very slight knock in my opinion it's probably his distaste <laughs> for <laughs> running and getting nothing over yep. time and sticking and sticking with it very much agreed um and this is a game where i button it up man i go power football and Nobody wants to hear that. I know Matt LaFleur ain't going to do it. I know Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to hear it, but that's what I think they should do. Um, flipping it over, Kyle Shanahan is going to eat Joe Barry's lunch. And look, I know it's going to be frustrating, and it doesn't matter. I know they have a ton of injuries at running back, and they're dealing with all sorts of injuries kind of all over their squad, really. But Kyle Shanahan is one of the greatest play designers, play callers, and or, you know, just offensive gurus in this league. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, look at what Sean Payton did, I don't expect it to be much better against uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, and hopefully there, you know, some guys, they do a little bit more on first down to, to make th- life miserable for, or at least tougher for Jimmy Garoppolo. But I think they're going to move the ball. Yeah. I think they're going to, I think Garoppolo is going to have a lot of easy looks and a lot of maybe not easy completions, but some, you know, delineated reads where it's pretty simple for him to go, okay, the guy up high is covered, here's a guy down low, he's going to get six, seven yards, stay ahead of the sticks, and away we go. I think we're going to see that again and again and again because Kyle knows what the fuck he's doing. So we'll see. We'll see. You got anything to add before we, uh, before we hit it here? To that, no, actually. Let's All right, do let's do it. This week in the Packer blogosphere, the return of that venerable series, Corey Banky. So much going on. So much going on, the on. Internet. So much. When it comes to the Green Bay Packers, I always like to highlight just a few things. Uh, we're going to start with Matt Ramage. Matt Ramage made an appearance at Corey Banky's house in the Cheesehead TV tailgate room cocktail lounge. That's what I like. That's what I like. Cocktail Come on lounge. Now. Nagler. It's the yeah, tailgate it's room. Lounge. I love how like tailgate room. Tailgate room. It's a tailgate room. Cool. It's actually the Packers tailgate room. They just don't know they own it. 
But uh, 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 it's the championship. It's the championship tailgate room. It's it's devoted to uh, Green Bay Packer world champions, of which I am I, I am not one. But you know, <laughs> I just work. But it's there. dedicated to it's them. Dedicated you, know, you, to don't, them. you don't have to be yeah, one. I just work but there. it's dedicated to them. Yes, I'm yes, just the head bartender. You know. But I did like I le- I did like you guys coming in through the back the back gate. Yeah. That's how the, we do. To the tailgate room. Yeah, Matt likes uh, to say but, that I lay traps for people. So we've got like you got to cross <laughs> the moat and everything from Lombardi. Absolutely. There is a little bit of a moat mm-hmm. there to get in the backyard. But okay, so uh Matt came over to to try a bunch of different old fashions yeah, yeah. and uh, of course, it was recorded. So let's take a look yeah, at it. Yeah, let's that. watch it. Woodson whiskey, old fashioned. I could drink this by the gallon. One through three, what is your favorite old fashions? The Woodson is number one. I think Lombardi, then Curly. I could have went either way with Curly. Whoa! <laughs> wow, Vince over Curly. Wow, 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 wow. Just what? being honest. <laughs> I love how there he's we like go. stealing the whiskey at the end. Um, Gotta love Ramage. Yeah, love and Ramage in the tailgate room. Um, and speaking of uh, cocktail content, uh, there's already a couple up on the uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, we just posted. Uh, we posted Vince. We posted uh, Woodson, the XLV old fashioned. You know, I decided. You know, why fight the battles? Right? People say, "Oh, you know, this is a Wisconsin old fashioned. It's pure." And you know what? If you break it into eras, it makes a lot of sense, right? What Curly was drinking, what Johnny Blood was drinking is different than what Vince was drinking. So, you know, and, you know, in, in XLV in the 90s, you know, in the 2010s and the aughts and the 90s, people drink in different <laughs> stuff. So, you know, there's an opportunity to have all kinds of different old fashions. So it's fun. It's fun. And then we, we've, you know, Corey has uh, done a couple videos already. He'll be doing more with not just cocktails, but just, you know, Wisconsin yeah, stuff Wisconsin culture. You know, we'll do some brats. Hopefully, we we'll get like you know some some influencer types, like you know maybe Charlie Barons. Maybe we'll, we'll convince Charlie or some people to come and hang out and you know have some fun to talk about Wisconsin things. I love me some Wisconsin Green Bay stuff. Yeah, you're you're a so hardcore Wisconsin. Look, look at you. Look at you living in Green Bay. I'll be over here. In no, New York you know what's funny? I was at uh, I was at Ridgeview Liquors and I had uh, what did I have on? I had I had. Uh, oh, I had Wisconsin Cheddar and Championship shirt on, the one we have on the right. store. And then I had right. my yellow hat with the state we of Wisconsin the on there. Oh, yeah, we used to have it. We don't have it now. So I had that on there. But Brent, I think, has it on his store. So then I have right. uh, the Wisconsin hat. And the guy looked mm-hmm. at me. And I'm in Green. I'm in Schwabenon, right? I'm at Ridgeview. And he right, looked at right. me, and he was like, I don't think you could get any more Wisconsin. <laughs> And I was like, thank you. Appreciate it. Well, I take that as a compliment. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, because that's the thing, right? When you're away from Wisconsin and you're wearing that stuff, it's like you have that moment with people who are like, oh, hey, go pack go, or like, hey, Wisconsin, whatever. But when you're in Wisconsin where that weird. stuff, people are, like, people are like, you're just kind of like redundant right yeah, now. Yeah, like right? you know you're here, right? <laughs> you live here, dude. <laughs> that's great. I love it. Um, the uh, Okay, keep uh, keeping on the Packer blogosphere. Uh, you know, this complicated fella here on my shirt, speaking of merchandise, yep. the shirt available in the Cheesehead TV store, um, he had some things to say about the media on his appearance in Pat McAfee. And let me tell you something. I loved every minute of this. I loved, you know, I love that Aaron goes on McAfee every week yep. and is allowed to kind of get his version of events yep. out into the media bloodstream, as it were. I don't always agree with everything. I mean, my last year, I definitely picked some nits, yep. but... I love every second of this. Let's roll this little clip from McAfee yesterday. I, I tell you, you know, it's a combination of both. I mean, on one hand, it's absolute horseshit to give a platform to people who have no idea what they're talking about as far as my mental state and, you know, my focus, my work habits, 
people that have not been around me, uh, they're not in my life. I don't have communication with them or not in the locker room. I mean, that's, that's just, that's just, it's chicken shit. You know, it's, it's so ridiculous that, that people give, get a platform to do this. And it's the same type of people on the flip side of that. I think in this day and age of media, the, the things that get the most, it's all about clicks, right? And hits and views and uh, one second counts as a view. So the, the actually opinions that are garnering the most attention are the most outlandish. So, so it's not even overreaction Monday or Tuesday anymore. It's overreaction every time a microphone's in your face. Every time you have a single shot in the camera and you get to talk to camera. Every time you're on a panel, it's who can say the most outlandish things uh, because that's going to give you the most hits. That's the media we live in. That's fine. But at the same time, I still, you know, I still have this show. I have my weekly stuff. I mean, most people, you know, don't use their platform to defend themselves. I don't think I need to defend myself and people aren't worth spending time on. But I'm always going to give a reminder that listen to the source, you know, of some of these things and, and, and be reminded that it's often the same people in the same tired rhetoric. I was just surprised after week one there was such a, you know, uh, story out there. But to let, but what's crazy to me is to let one storyline, right, by a person who has no contact with me, has zero, uh, zero relationship, to that become some sort of like narrative that's out there that, that now I somehow don't care about ball because, uh, because of my Zen attitude in the off season. That's the bullshit I was talking about last night. <laughs> Thank you, Jermichael Finley, because that was a hundred percent a direct rebuttal to Jermichael Finley. Of course, Aaron doesn't want to say his name. Yeah, well, totally he that. and he says like I think he the way he said it, you think about people like Skip Bayless or whatever, but he is truly right. and you know. Truth be told, Jermichael Finley, so, you know, we were talking about, I've always said this, but, you know, Ty Dunn wrote an article, I believe it was the 2017 uh, playoffs, right, Nagler, when Jared Cook caught the ball. Right before the Dallas game, I think. Yeah, it was before the Dallas game where Jared Cook won at the end. It was a great catch. I was at that game, and I woke up at the hotel, and I just want to put some point of view here because these are the things that kind of bother me about, like, they're just, like, it's it, it, it sounds so stupid, but, like, it was such a drag to wake up and have to read a bunch of dirt from people that didn't care about Aaron Rodgers and just had an agenda to trash the guy who then trashed like, him. Like Jermichael Finley. Like Jermichael <laughs> Finley, who right. now is, right. did this thing. So right. it, it, Jermichael Finley's like a through line here of like who's trashing yep. Aaron Rodgers. But yep. Um, and it just left this. It just left this terrible thing. And and to this day, I do not respect Ty Dunn as a reporter because I do not feel that he actually did his job. I feel like he did a hit piece on Aaron Rodgers in order to get clicks for Bleacher Report so he could keep his job. And by and and to me, the, my problem has always been there's litter and you know not reporter hate because if you go back to reporters and journalism, like one of the problems in this country is like you you I already spent forty thousand dollars to go to this liberal arts school and to learn about Jay and. <laughs> journalism hey guess what <laughs> journalism was like in the 50s like we've changed like where everything's changed the whole media landscape has changed that's not to say you're not supposed yep. to be truthful or you're not supposed to but you know in entertainment you don't do hit pieces on people's personal lives you just don't that's what tmz does like that's garbage it's crap and so like that always bothered me but the other thing is like dude there are less gatekeepers now right so if you think about that idea, right, when Aaron Rodgers came into the league, there were more gatekeepers. That didn't mean that, like, and we saw this in 2010, dude, when you didn't even have that much social media. You only had, like, three years of it where we, you and I saw this of, like, you'd watch a reporter do a story or a beat writer, like, over time, and they, everybody gloms on to that thing. Right. And then that becomes a, right. So that's always been around. Right. Like back in the day, like, oh, NBC reported this. So ABC, CBS have to report this thing, even if it's trash. Right. As long as someone high up, typically a white male, deems it newsworthy and public worthy. Right. right? Which is a line. Right. That that an editor is supposed to like judge on. And so yep. what's funny to me is why did it take Aaron Rodgers to 2017? Like even when he did Wildy's show, he didn't like. The pros of having less gatekeepers are you get um, space, 
right? You, there's carved out space for you on Twitter, direct messaging, on the show he's doing with Pat McAfee. But the cons are you have to use it. If you don't use it, and you know how he said, like, I don't want to have to defend myself, but that's the reality. Right. The reality is it's not even about defense. It's about putting out narratives that are bullshit, and it's about generating and germinating the, the truthful, validated, authentic narratives that come from you directly. And it, it's, like, so weird because he's, like, he's just getting that the last two years when, like, he's been in the league for a long time, and Twitter's been around since, like, 2007. So this stuff's been happening, 2008, right? right, but, right, right, right. But, you know, I don't know. Those two things are totally fascinating to me about this whole media thing. No, I love it. It's I'm here true for it. too. I but I think your point is spot on, and I do think his recognition of that is a big kind of driver of why he partnered with McAfee, right? Yeah, because he did. He said last year uh, many times about how he really appreciated what Pat was doing. I think he saw a great opportunity to have a weekly platform where he could get his side of whatever out into the bloodstream. Yep. That's why I always call it the bloodstream of the internet, yep. right? Because you're right. It's not about like battling or you don't have ever have to, in this day and age, you don't ever have to, uh, you know, battle something straight on. I mean, I remember having flame wars with Florio back in the day about Aaron Rodgers yep. and that was fun and great, but like those days are over. Like you just have to get your side, your, your viewpoint into the bloodstream yep. and people will pick it up and, whether you've built and engendered confidence and trust in the audience, they will decipher and kind of sift through what they think is bullshit and who they trust, and that's fine. I get it. But to your point, yeah, I think he is maybe a tad late to the game, but he didn't need to be in it. I mean, this is the other thing. I, was, I talked to you about this. It's funny because to his point about that, as far as like having a counter-narrative to whatever bullshit is being put out there, mm -hmm. I had breakfast with Mike McCarthy back in 2017, I want to say it was, at the Combine, after the 2016 season when they started, uh, you know, the four and six, and then they ran, the Rodgers said, we're going to run the table, blah, blah, blah. But that whole time, that was kind of the last time I really had big back and forth with Florio on Twitter because I because he constantly was shitting on the Packers. Mm -hmm. He was constantly talking about Aaron Rodgers. He was constantly saying Mike McCarthy should probably be fired, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, the Packers weren't engaging. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers wasn't engaging. Mm -hmm. But I was constantly, like, basically pushing back and saying, like, Mike, this is such bullshit. Like, you, there's context here, whatever. And so Mike, at this breakfast, was like, I want to hire you because the Packers aren't doing this for mm -hmm. me. Like, there's no voice. There's nobody in the, again, the bloodstream, mm -hmm. like, getting the other narrative yeah. in there. And I was really flattered, but I was like, Mike, there will be a time when you are not the coach of the Green Bay Packers. Could you imagine if I was like working for social media for Mike McCarthy with the Dallas Cowboys? I would hate you. Like, I know, exactly. I would, like, I would hate I'd hate you. myself. I would, make a, I would, I'd be make the most self-loathing man on the face I of the planet. I would make a video about Aaron Nagler as a traitor. <laughs> exactly. And it would get more views than the Brett Favre video, I guarantee it. So it's like, you know, I... Like I appreciate Aaron coming to this point where he recognizes this, and it, maybe it is in the kind of bell, the curve of the internet, maybe a tad late, but he hasn't really needed to be in the mix, right? But now he's towards the end of his career. Like obviously, so much happened this off season. The narratives have been formed. I'm really glad that he recognizes the power yeah. in the, you know the ability to sit down with Pat every Tuesday and say what he wants to say. And that makes headlines. And shit, we ask about it, we being the collective beat on his weekly pressers, yep. whatever he says on Pat's show yep. almost always gets referenced in his press conference on Wednesday, right? He knows this. Like, that's smart. That's just smart on his end. Well, so, and it's, it's, yeah, playing, it's playing the game of like, hey, well, you source these things from these reputable media, and now he's giving the counterbalance. And even if it's not a defense... If you go to journalism school, you're taught, hey, well, I have to take the other side. So he at least he's getting in the mix more, which is really important. Yes. If you want to tamp these stupid fires out that are basically made by people that have nothing, and so the only agenda they have is to attack you, right? That's hey, I say, oh, by the way, uh, speaking of agendas and attacking and what have you, uh, Big B told me last night, or this morning, sorry, on Packers Daily, yeah. that he uh, had a, a Twitter back and forth, a fight with Jermichael Finley on Twitter last night. Whoa. And look, look, guys, 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 Jermichael Finley's not worth your time. No. Like, 
he's doing what he's doing. To get God attention. So if you give him attention. Just ignore him. Yeah. Just mute and move on. Life is too short. God bless you, Jermichael. Godspeed on your journey. We gone. You don't put like, water don't, on don't a fire. Waste your, don't, you don't You waste don't put your water on a fire. You take it out by removing the oxygen from the room. <laughs> New York cheese said, you and the girls living in Dallas would all get a dog then? No. no. Olive no. ain't ever getting a dog. No. Um, all right. You, you're like, it's so funny. Normally, you're the one that's really fast, and today you're a little bit like dragon. So I'm going to keep this show going. Um, keep it going. So we have, let's go to some Super Chats on YouTube. And we have Super Chats on YouTube? Yeah, let's go to some. Uh, hey, by the way, everyone, uh, subscribe all, on YouTube. All, view all, view all. Yeah, so we got a couple Super Chats. I'm going to hit them. The team already put them in the queue for me, so I'm going to go from the bottom. I'm going to go to Big Daddy Cool Breeze. So, Big Daddy Cool Breeze! Big Daddy Cool Breeze, thanks for Super right. Chat. Uh, $5 for getting Corey's mom a Jerry Kramer jersey and $5 for Kettle of Fish. All right, thank you. Thank you, Big thank Daddy you. Cool Breeze. Sean, I was just at Kettle the other day. Sean Gallagher, appreciate the fans being quiet on off. What are Amos and Savage putting on the tape? Not heard much or noticed them often. Maybe a blessing. That's a, it's a really good observation, Sean. You, you're not going to see them as active as far as creating lots of disruption or being down near the line of scrimmage. There is a package where they have Amos down towards the line. Uh, we saw it a bunch in camp. Haven't seen a ton of it during the season yet. I think a lot of that is due to the scheme they're running, uh, the sense that they do have that cover two kind of look, shell pre-snap, and then things change post-snap. Usually guys are going to be put, those two guys in particular are going to be put in coverage situations. So it's more often that, yeah, it's not a question of like, I think they're playing, I think Amos is playing okay. I think Savage has had some up and downs. It's It was always going to be an adjustment period, no question about it. Um, but that is a, that is one reason why you haven't heard their names much. You haven't seen much from them is because, you know, under Petten, they were being utilized towards the line of scrimmage a lot more. And that may happen as the year progresses, but so far they have been very much kind of that cover two look, two guys too high for the majority of the time. All right. That was a really long answer. Uh, I actually added some, okay. So poke. Uh, Polka Tornado, what a great username! I just totally, great I just username. totally screwed up my graphics team. They're like, "What are you doing?" Um, <laughs> so uh, Polka Tornado asked, "Why did Corey need gloves to make the Lombardi old fashioned smile?" Okay, so I, I really like with the black gloves when food service. I was watching these YouTube videos, and I feel like the black gloves really like accentuate the other things. So you're looking at the drink, and you're not looking at my hands. So that's why I do it. Also, it's it's nice and sanitary, and you know. Who doesn't like gloves? You know what I'm saying? Uh, Plus, Corey bites his fingernails. Uh, that's so true. That is that reason. No one too. wants to see those. Uh, Lee Bruce, is Corey now okay with using picks for a punter? Corey looked good. I mean, I think he means a punter. No, you can't use picks for a punter. Come on. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Somebody do a spreadsheet and oh, take me through. Oh, you had through. to go there, didn't So we? what I'd like someone to do, and not me, and not anyone here that cares, but someone should do a spreadsheet that basically shows the value of a punter versus the value of the other players picked before that selection, and you're never going to find punter value. Okay, You're looking for punter value in the draft, but punter Don't value do this, does not make exist in the draft. It just doesn't exist. It's just like it's like, it's like trying to buy Bitcoin at, at a bodega. You know, It just doesn't make any sense. All right, here we go. So uh, it's like trying to buy Bitcoin at a bodega is gotta be a T-shirt. I, I need it. Try I need it. it. I need All it right. In my life. Next we got Robin Lawrence. Robin, like the video, please. Robin, I like where your head's at. I just wanted to say that. Thank you, Robin. Uh, thank you. Appreciate that. Please like that video. Uh, this video, the one you're watching. Thanks. Robin, hope you're feeling better, buddy. Yes, please. Johnny Rivers, thanks for the super chat. Uh, Kingsley Kiki, more, more like Kingsley Kaka. Heflin, Heflin could be a trash can full of durian and stink less than that guy right now. Go pack. All right. Tell me. How, Damn. You know what, Johnny Rivers? Tell me how you really feel about it. Because I, I don't think you, uh, I don't think you're doing it. Sean Gallagher, thanks for the yeah, super chat. So, thanks for super chat. Don't get Corey started on Cream City Bricks. Oh, you want to talk about cream? Fair you point. Want to talk about cream city. Fair bricks? point. But, but by putting that let's talk about super it. chat in the mix, let's isn't talk about he it. getting you started? I would love. About I would love to have cream a city show. Bricks? I need to have a live show with Joey the Joey the Jaguar. Oh, and he gave us a super chat. Oh, look at this. I would love to talk to, with uh, Cream City Brick with Joey. Joey says, "I'm always up to give some feedback on your drinks." Okay, okay, Joey. Okay, easy, Doctor Pepper. 
Joey, I only know how to make Dr. Pepper by pouring it in a glass. But you know what? I might be able. You know what? Maybe maybe what we do, Nagler, is we do the underage Packers uh, 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 kitty cocktail, right? Kitty cocktail. So it's like best. And I do. I have this. I have this. You're gonna laugh your ass off. I have this oh, no. non-alcoholic alcohol <laughs> to make what? What? Yeah. I what have. What did you just say? <laughs> did you just speak English? What? I seriously, I have this. I bought this. What? It's 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 like essence. It's like water, but it like tastes like alcohol, kind of. Essence? What is this? The dark crystal? <laughs> what are you like taking gelflings? What's happening? Yeah, basically. What is going on? So it's like it's called seed lip or something, and it's like it's like it tastes like alcohol, but it's for people who can't have alcohol. So you can make like pregnant women cocktails and stuff, or people that are Muslim or whoever like doesn't like alcohol, but you can make them a cocktail. So maybe we'll do that with underage packers. That'd be fun. I love it. Uh, Big Daddy Cool Breeze. I did say it right that time. Big Daddy Cool oh, no, I Breeze. Did, I didn't say it right. Over under on number of f bombs dropped by Flea Angle while on his hands and knees in the end zone looking for Aaron Rod- Aaron Jones necklace. Shout out to Mr. Engel for finding that necklace. By the way, that's pretty awesome. Flea is the man. That's amazing. Flea is the absolute man. It's so amazing. No doubt about love it. that. Thanks for the super chat. Love that he found it. Love that Zabe got to break that with Aaron Jones on his show. That was really cool. I, I that was watched cool, that. Right. Yep. Um, so shout out to to, to Zabe and Zabe show. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, wait, you watched Zabe live? Yeah, Zabe, yeah, I didn't, so you were watching Zabe live, when he was had Aaron Jones on his show, he had Aaron Jones on the show, so you watch Zabe live, but you don't watch Packers Daily, is that what you're telling me? No, I knew he was gonna have Aaron Jones, and I wanted to hear about the ring thing, I heard, I saw on Twitter, I was like, oh, you know what I mean? I understand, it's all good, it's all good, I understand, okay, I see where I am in the pecking order, okay, just, why do I call him sure. Zabi? I've met the man, and why do I stupidly call him that? I always want to call him Zabi. No, it's a Z- yeah, 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 I got you. <laughs> Zabi. Hey, Zabi. Zabi. What's up, Zabi? Uh, well, I'm totally calling him Zabi tomorrow yeah, morning. Hey, what's up, Zabi, baby? <laughs> Zabi. Zabi, baby. That's his new nickname. All right, so uh, overshadow Sean with the, uh, with the super chat on YouTube. Thanks for the super chat on YouTube, overshadow. I'm going to devote that. That's to, what I'm uh, talking about. Super chats on YouTube. And we have uh, all about. last one from Chris Dorsey, uh, off field, Corey. Any idea how the new condo apartments are selling around Lambeau? From what I've he- heard is that they've sold almost all of them. Uh, the last I heard, that was about a month ago, I heard that they basically had sold all of the uh, oh, sorry. They sold almost all of the townhomes, if not all of them. But the condo apartments, I haven't heard uh, what kind of capacity. But I do know, I do know they have they have people they have people that uh, have booked. But I don't know how exactly like sixty percent, fifty percent, or whatever. So uh, no. But the townhomes, cool. the townhomes have been selling, which is crazy for how much they're going. Um, yeah, my wife is drinking those cocktails. Uh, uh, Robin, he said, my wife is uh, drinking those cocktails while pre- pregnant, mocktails. And so you need, the, you need the alcoholic essence part of that mocktail. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry, Nagler. I'm not going to make you one ever. Don't worry. Please, don't, don't ever, ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Carl Van Beckham, people who no longer drink. It's helpful to have something other than a freaking Sprite. I agree with you. And I do there love, like, I love the taste of, like, oh, let's have a nice, flavorful drink with many layers, and then we'll have an edible flower, and there's no alcohol in here, but we're just having a nice time drinking here. Don't you know? Meanwhile, I'll be drunk with eating edibles. It's great. All right. Um, anything else? Nathan? Oh, yeah. We got another one. Super chat from Nathan Hooper. What is up with people roasting Rogers on the Tunyon TD? This is entertainment. Who, I know. Who's roasting Thank him? you. God damn. I couldn't agree more. Like, you know, remember the scene in Ghostbusters when they, they find the ghost right, yeah. right at the beginning in the library? Yeah. And Pete Venkman says, so what do we do? And the other guys are like, oh, shit. We didn't think of that. Like, and so <laughs> then they go back and he's like, what do we do, Francine? I don't know. One of us should really. And then Egon like takes up his calculator and then Venkman goes, stop that. That is Packers fans watching that touchdown get thrown yeah. and being like, oh, uh, um, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> this man was wide open. Just enjoy the touchdown. How hard is this? <laughs> Good Lord. I don't think they're actual Thank Packers you, fans. Nagler. I think here's what I think, Nagler. How could you be? Nagler. They literally scored a touchdown, which is the whole fucking point. Here's the thing. Here's what I think, okay? So there are really no Lions fans, and there are really no Bears fans, and there are really no Vikings fans, right? 
what yeah. they do is right. they realize how cool Packer fans are, so they right. basically create a shadow accounts so that they can feel <laughs> what it's like to be Packer fans. Right. But really, they're like Minnesota Vikings fans, so they can't help themselves, and they have to they have to pit the Knicks or Nick the pit or yep. knit the pit, pick the Knicks, pick the Knicks. Yes, yeah, all that, of that one, everything, all of it, everything you said. <laughs> Totally, a hundred percent. That's what's going um, on. I want to give a so quick. You know. I want to give a quick shout out to our Patreon members. Thank you so much for the support. Um, uh, happy hour was kind of off the rails last night. That's my fault. Uh, I didn't handle the Zoom very well. Was your I, fault. I, I was in on a different. I was in on a different machine, so I didn't like everything was messed up. So uh, happy hour will obviously be back next week. It'll be. A, we'll have a little different kind of uh, uh, what do you call it? Rundown, setup, whatever. Still. Talking Packers, still hanging out, drinking, having a good time. But um, there will be some change, uh, programming changes to happy hour. But uh, don't miss it. We thank you so much for the support. If you want to hop on board uh, supporting Cheesehead TV, uh, patreon.com slash Cheesehead TV. All we ask is $5 a month to support everything we do with the brand. It really means a lot to us. We know there are a billion places for you to go on the internet. There is so much Packers coverage out there. There's so much. Uh, kind of overwhelming content in by, as far as numbers, places you can go to get your Packers content. The fact that you make Cheesehead TV even a small part of your Packers routine really means a lot to Corey and I. So thank you very much for the support. Anything else, Corey, before we head out? No, let's uh, let's go drink a beer or something. You know, That's what I'm talking about. That'll do it for this episode of Packer Transplants. We'd like to thank everyone who showed up here and makes Cheesehead TV part of their daily Packers routine. We are and will always be Devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. What do we like to do? Put the best what out there? Come on, Nagler, help me out. Best five, all right? Best five. <laughs>